Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're converting people one stomach at a time to what fresh food can taste like. You use whatever you can use and you respect every bit of it. You know, if it's in season, you use it. We need to study and we need to read and we need to know about our region and what it's doing before we can start putting things on dishes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Quicksand Food Connection. This time around, I'm speaking with Ted and Barbara from Yelverton Truffles in Robertson. Ted and Barbara are a fantastic couple. We spent the day out there and they showed us around their truffle farm. It's an absolutely beautiful place. Ted and Barbara are both retirees and they started Yelverton Truffles as a hobby to take on during their retirement. Uh, little did they know that they'd grow the biggest truffle ever to be grown in Australia and that things would really take off for them. They produce fantastic truffles. They've got some great blue healers that they use as their truffle dogs. Uh, they took us through their presentation that they do on their truffle hunts and we had a great conversation. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Ted and Barbara from Yelverton Truffles in Robertson. We've been operating, uh, no, the trees went in in uh, 2007. Okay, so that here it is 2015, that's eight years. We got our first truffle in 2011, one truffle, that's all we had. Very <laughs> exciting. And then from there on, we've had four harvests. This will be our fifth fifth season. One of the things that is particularly popular now, truffle huts. Mm-hmm. And we are right on the doorstep of Sydney. Yeah, We're far enough away to have real privacy here and be in a unique area. It's just a totally unique area. But, you know, with four million people sitting up there on our doorstep, <clears throat> a lot of them just won't make the trip to Canberra or... Orange or the Blue Mountains or wherever they come here. So we've been pretty well swamped. Mm, uh, it's, just, it's really just sort of overtaken us. We're very particular about biosecurity in the area, and I don't know whether you're aware of that, but uh, <clears throat> it's very, very important. That's why we're going to put uh, booties on you when you go over the trough here. Mm-hmm, yeah. We don't know where you've been, yeah, although no, we know we you've been all over the place. Now, uh, you're probably aware of the fact that we grew Australia's largest truffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not, we'll tell you anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> it was 1.172 kilos, <clears throat> just short of the world record of about 1.3 in uh, France. And you can imagine they've been harvesting literally for thousands of years over there. Uh, not only in France, Italy, Spain, Croatia and all the other uh, uh, European countries, but mainly centred in, in France. A particularly good specimen. It was absolutely perfect in all respects. 
and a large winery complex mm-hmm. at Mittagong, bought it, Centennial. Yeah. Do you know them, Centennial? Yeah, Robin, yeah. Yep. Uh, Robin rang us because we had inquiries from Asia, from uh, Interstate, because it's uni- it was unique, quite unique. Robin rang and he said, oh, have you sold them? We said, no. And by the way, our preference was to sell locally. Our preference was <laughs> to sell locally, which was great. We yeah. could have got more for it elsewhere and chased around, but it was a clean sale. And uh, it really put us on the map. For sure. It what, went international. Um, what, is it, what is it that makes a lar- like a large truffle? Is it, is it sort of luck? We don't really know. Yeah. All we know is this is a very unique area. We don't have any stone in this soil in this area here. Not a rock. And, and yet a perimeter area and uh, lots of the Robertson Wilds Meadow area, you'll see rock fences mm. because they've got so much rock on their property. Yeah. On our property, it's hardly a stone. So I think the truffles can move. I think that's one thing. But all the other things are unique too, I think. The soil composition... <clears throat> rainfall, Heavy we get frost. lots of frosts, Sun. all those things that they think you need, uh, we, uh, yeah, we have here. We, uh, th- this is a phrase we've come up with, nature's culinary masterpiece, which probably rings in your ear because you know, you're, you're, you're in that business, mm. compiling recipe books. We, we call, that's, that's an original quotation, nature's culinary masterpiece. And we're not going to go into the uh, reasons because you know how unique they are. Mm-hmm. The fragrance, uh, the flavour. Of course, the romance of the whole area, that's something that really uh, uh, captured our imagination right in the first place. And um, the, uh, the price, the price at that time was about $3,000 a kilo. <laughs> now we're, they're selling at about $2,500 a kilo. That's about a kilo right there. So it gives you an idea. They're very valuable, they're rare, they're unique. And I think that's why um, Tourism New South Wales got on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they, uh, they got on it in a big way and linked in with their international tourism campaign. They were looking for unusual stories about Australia because what, what can Australia offer? Sunshine, beaches, food, good food and good wine. And they said, oh, we want unusual stories. And then bingo, this came up. French truffles, largest one in Australia. Bang! So we went national on uh, ABC, on Channel 9, etc. Radio interviews, goodness knows what. Look, there's heaps I can tell you about this, the background, but you asked about why they're growing large here. Our average size is larger. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. The average size. It's not unusual for us to pull out truffles four, five hundred, six hundred grams. Mm-hmm. Last year, there was one just under a kilo. Now, that's still a monster. Yep. Still a monster. What Can can you talk me through what what, what, what went through your head when you dug up the, the absolute well, monster? It, like, what, what, is it, it sort of you're sort of digging and then you keep digging and it keeps revealing exactly, itself? Exactly. And, At first, I could see about that much on top, popping through the surface. And I thought, oh, it'll be a good size. Typically, we get a big one. And by the time I scratched around and around very carefully, uh, I ended up with a hole around about that size. Yeah. And roots, of course, around it. <clears throat> and uh, so I had to work very carefully. But it went down this about that far. You know, it was sort of a little bit oval. And uh, I had to go down and, of course, get under it. 
So the hole ended up about that deep. Typically, you'd go down maybe like that. But yeah, 20 This was a hole like this or like this. And it took me nearly half an hour to uh, excavate it. And even then, I, I was getting very impatient. Yeah. Because I thought, you know, am I ever going to get this thing out? Come <laughs> to the end of it, I'd even break a little piece off. You know, getting impatient, break about five grams off. Anyway, uh, I finally got it out. But I knew it was a monster. And it did cross my mind. I thought, gee, I wonder how this compares with the Australian record. So we did some checking. And the largest one was what? Uh, there was 80, uh, 800 grams. Oh, and then there was, was, about, um, was 1.0 something or 1. Yeah, 1. 1.02. Something like yeah, that in Australia, which yeah. is still a pretty big one. Then we checked the world record and it was 1.3. So we're <clears throat> about 128 grams short of the world record. Check with the association, various other sources, and we found, yeah, we got it verified that it mm. was the largest. But we, we went up to the post office to get it put on the scales there, obviously because that proved that it was right. If we'd just <laughs> used our scales, people could have said, well, yeah, you know. Yeah, you bought three scales. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, no, we've <laughs> yeah, got, yeah. got really good scales, yeah. but at the same time, there would have been a question mark, was it really right? Mm. But by Ted taking it up to the local post office, Mm-hmm. And, he, and the postman saying, where do you want this sent to? How do we wrap it? And he said, I don't want that. I just want it white. I'm sending it anywhere. <laughs> and so, so there's a bit of explanation. Scales, uh, that was the proof that it was the yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So we, had to, we photographed it, of course, on the scales. Yeah. <clears throat> we had to put in 50 tonnes of uh, lime yeah. <clears throat> per hectare. Again, that, that's another requirement that uh, we do know about, that... <clears throat> You need alkalinity, you need alkaline soil. Mm-hmm. Here it's acidic. Most areas are acidic. But where they grow naturally in Europe, it's all on limestone. So it's, al- you know, it's alkaline, yep. naturally alkaline. So here we can compensate for that by putting limestone in the soil. They're the spores. They originally came from France. And that's what we hope to get. That's what they call a mycorrhiza. I don't know if we've seen photos of these before, but that that that's the early stage of development. You hope you get truffles from that. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's what you hope to get. Yeah. So I won't go into all the detail, but you've got different kinds. There are hundreds of different varieties. Uh, most of them are inedible to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Australia, you'd probably find the Aboriginals would dig them up and eat them, and rodents, wombats, rabbits, they dig them up. Yep. Not these, of course. I mean, yep. these are from Europe. The French Perigord black truckle, that's the prized one that chefs around the world uh, look for. There's a French burgundy summer truffle also. We have, we're one of the unusual ones. <clears throat> We've got a small plantation of those too. It's okay. an experiment. And how's uh, that going? Haven't had any yet. Haven't had any? Well, we should be getting them right now. Oh, really? We haven't, we haven't actually found one yet, but that's all right. We'll keep looking. Uh, the Italian white truffle, have you heard of them, yep. Stefan? Yep. They, they sell between ten and $15,000 yeah. a kilo. And do you know, that's, is, is that's there a expensive. reason why there's no one growing them in Australia? Or, or They can't grow them anywhere. The Italian truffles, um, yeah, they, only, they find those in the forest, mm-hmm. native in the forest. Yeah. <clears throat> they um, haven't worked out how to cultivate them. The no. black, very good truffles. They worked out how to inoculate the little trees or the acorns, okay, and they reproduce, and hopefully you get truffles. Mm-hmm. 
with the white uh, the white Italian truffles, nobody's been able to do it. Yeah. All right. Amazing. So that's. But not only that, they're rare, but they're more intense too. They've got a more mm. intense aroma, more intense flavour. Chinese have got truffles. Uh, they rake them up. They don't dig them out carefully like we do. They go have coolies going around raking up the ground, and <clears throat> they sell for two hundred dollars a kilo. It's amazing when you were talking about, um, you know, excavating excavating your large truffle yep. and how they call it black gold or whatever, the and, and yep. the 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 similarities between what you're saying about excavating it. It's 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 like digging up a piece of gold, excavating it out yes. of the ground, yeah, and then weighing it carefully, it and is. then it, and it, it gets is. this notoriety of being such because I mean size matters. In this so, case, you know. And in this case, it mattered. Yeah. Normally, uh, if they're the size of a plum or, a, or a, a golf ball or a tennis ball, cricket ball, beautiful truffle. Yeah, they're, beautiful. and they're the ones that the chefs are after as well, yeah? Well, probably because they can use those more readily. Yeah. A truffle that size, boy, you know, that's a lot of truffle. It is. <laughs> Robin Murray, uh, he uh, preserved some. When I say that, he made truffle butter, truffle salt, uh, he made he sold. juice, yeah. in, and he was able to freeze that. He did a lot of um, prepared sauces and things where yeah. he could yeah. um, freeze it. And he, he sold He sold a lot too, because there were people that would say, oh, gee, I want 25 grams of the largest truffle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to have it. So yeah. he sold a fair bit that way. Yeah. 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 So some of it went into state. I know Manu down in Victoria, I believe he, he bought some. So, you know, chefs... Uh, yeah. But, but Robin would have made about $100,000 worth of free advertising. Oh, uh, publicity was phenomenal. Yeah. Because people converged on us. And they, they, they all wanted to know who bought it. Yeah. We'd say, oh, Centennial Vineyards Restaurant. Oh, so they converged on him. Yeah. So he was forever giving interviews. It was great. It was great. It was a win-win situation. Um, trees, you're, you're familiar with the trees probably. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll show you these. The Quercus Ilex, they're evergreen. Yeah. These are the these ones actually at the moment are green. Yeah. Okay, that's that's in winter. All right, they're right there. And so mm. you've just got the, you've got the two two species. Two of different. Trees, two, we have two different kinds of trees. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And the the decision to plant those trees as opposed to any other types of truffle producing yep. trees was. Yep. Well, we we thought we'd hedge our bets too, of course, yeah. and made it more interesting by have, having two different uh, he, uh, tree varieties, and we could have had hazelnut. Yeah. But there's too much pruning with hazelnut. Mm -hmm. We were warned about that. They said, oh, you're going to be doing a lot of pruning. Yeah. They may bear truffles quicker. And the, quite a few people put hazelnuts in. Mm. But it's, it's true. Pruning. The work, the work with all the suckers. Like, yeah. It's a full-time job. We're not getting any younger. Do you find you get a better yield off one species of tree than the other? Or is it about the same? Or? Well, with our two, um, one with the... the um, Deciduous trees, the ones that lose their leaves, they they were about a year or so behind the other trees. They were slower to produce, but they're now producing quite well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's good. Slower to get there, but they, they're doing very well. Do you, um, in terms of a truffle season, do you have quite a variety in yield between your seasons, or is it quite consistent since you started We've producing? only had four seasons. Yeah. See, the whole industry is only about 20 years old. So in it's Australia, a new, a new yeah. industry in Australia. Um, we've been harvesting for four years only. Yeah. And there, were, there were others right there from the year dot in Tasmania and in Western Australia. Um, 
Should I tell a cute story about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in Europe, you're, you're of European descent. I am. Yeah. What what part? I'm half Serbian, half Dutch. Okay. All right. Well, you you probably appreciate the forests. In mm. the, were you born there? Or were no, you? no. Oh, okay. I've been over a couple anyway, of times there. You have yeah. well, over there. They have beautiful forests. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can picture yourself in the forest a couple of hundred years ago in France, little old ramshackle home uh, in the forest. This old man was living in there on his own, poor, scratching for food, half-starved. Uh, and he, he was, his diet was, were, uh, were uh, potatoes, mm-hmm. okay, as, as they, a lot of people in those days used to. Uh, that was their staple diet. <coughs> so he was cooking potatoes. <coughs> there was a knock on, knock on the door. There was a knock on the door, and this old lady <coughs> came to the door. She said, look, I'm half-starved and very poor and... Uh, she said, uh, could I come in? And have you got some food to spare? And he said, oh, come in and I'll share my burnt potatoes with you. She said, oh, that's lovely. You're very kind of you. And uh, um, she, she was just so appreciative. Um, she started peeling some of the, co- the black off charcoal off the potatoes. Next minute, bang, she changed into a beautiful fairy. And she said, uh, <clears throat> you've been very kind to me, old man. Uh, your your troubles are over, and she phew, she changed the burnt potatoes into truffles. <clears throat> so he then became uh, quite wealthy, and he had two sons. They were not very kind at all. They were greedy, uh, spoiled, and greedy. <clears throat> she came back a year or so later as a little old lady knocked on the door again, and the sons answered the door, and she said, "Look, I'm you know, really hungry." Are you able to spare some food? <clears throat> and uh, they said, no, 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 we don't, can't spare any food. Anyway, she um, changed the, uh, what she did, she changed the truffles. Uh, sorry, she changed the, no, what she did, sorry, she took the truffles and buried them. Okay, she went, zoop, all of a sudden the truffles were buried underground. And she changed them into pigs. To find them, she said, "Now you've got to go and find them right. to make a living." So, so you know, there are all That's these the sort of tale. stories, and I sort of muff that a little bit. But it's it's interesting the mythology and legends associated uh, with truffles. Yeah. <clears throat> those dogs, the Roman Romanola, they they're an Italian dog, and they say they don't need to be trained; that they can or uh, they know to look for the truffles. But they cost their You don't need to have a specific job, uh, dog. I mean, our two—they're just well, they're Aussie blue healers, but they—they they just work beautifully. Yeah, some people say, "Why have you got blue cattle dogs?" Yeah, yeah, yeah they're cattle dogs. I said, "Yeah, why not?" <clears throat> All dogs have got a tremendous sense of smell, yeah. like ten thousand to a million times better than our sense of smell. It's phenomenal, and, and it's a matter of training. Did you did you get get those guys? For the purpose of being truffle dogs? No. You had them no. already? Yeah, they're, they're and pets. And you just trained them? They're pets. And then you trained them up to be truffle and dogs? And as the truffles came on, I thought, well, it costs $100 an hour to get somebody in with a trained dog plus travelling time. You can't afford to do that very often. Yeah. You know, once in a while you might, maybe, 
But in this case, the practicality is that you need to be checking almost every day. Yeah. So when you've got your own dog, of course, you can go over at will. And how did you train them? Like, how did you get the techniques down to... It's, it works on a reward system, of course. Right. Um, <clears throat> it all started with uh, truffle oil, which is artificial, by the way. We imported some from France. This is a proper dog training. Mm-hmm. That's for, oil. Yeah. It's, not, it's not truffle oil that you need. Not edible, no. Yeah. Anyway, just to give them a scent. It's not, not exactly right, but it's very close. And um, uh, so I, I started him on that. If he retrieved a little container with that in it, I rewarded him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if he brought back another container I had with nothing in it, I didn't reward him. So he soon learned to bring the container back with the truffle oil in it. Uh, and so it, it sort of went on from there. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So it works on the reward system. There he is there. That's Jet. <clears throat> you can see a truffle uh, right there at his foot. In, the, in my case, and uh, most with most dogs in Australia, they're trained to smell and locate the truffle. Uh, some train them to, to dig. We don't. We, we've trained him just to sit, pour the ground with his foot, and sit. Yeah. Or reward him. In Europe, we, uh, we went on some truffle hunts. <clears throat> the dogs go nuts because they actually reward them with a piece of truffle. Yeah. Just like the pigs. Pigs love truffle. So dogs don't normally eat them, but they've trained them over there. It's a, it's a, nice, it's a nice reward. It's a nice reward. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Because when, when we were there and he got, the owner got sidetracked, the dog ate the truffle. So yeah. I don't think it's a good That's idea exactly at all. right. So, um, yeah, it, it's not a good idea. We're, they're too expensive. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, if they, if they scratch <laughs> and dig, strange. particularly in our case, we have a lot of truffles near the surface. And we don't want him to dig and scratch. That's yeah. the last thing we want. People expect to see that, mm. but we don't. We avoid that. <laughs> he will do anything for that ball. By the way, that's uh, that's part of his reward. That's the first truffle we ever found. <coughs> Pardon me. There was a lot of celebrating. We cracked a bottle of champagne in the morning. Ten o'clock in the morning, we found it. That's typical. See that truffle there? I'm pointing to. Mm-hmm. That's not unusual. <coughs> to see them on the surface like that. Okay. That's a nice little find there in the basket on the right. So that's about that's a day's worth of truffles. A well, nice it was cool that basket. day. It yeah. was that day. That's a yeah. good day. That's a good day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see the size of them. They're very, they're quite substantial. They're all yeah, over definitely. The yeah. And do you think when you're talking about flavour? Do you think with a, with a really large truffle that has a lot of sort of indentations and things like mm-hmm. that? It affects the flavour slightly because I guess there's more potential for imperfections. Like from what I'm familiar mm. with in working in restaurants is you're looking for a, a smooth, like a smooth surface and, and density. Mm-hmm. Do you think, is that the sort of things, do you think well, it affects the flavour? We haven't found that in Barb, of I course, don't. cooks all the time. Yeah. And yeah. You, I, use, you use every skerrick. Yeah. The thing is that I, I, I must admit with the restaurants that we supply, they have other people selling truffles and they won't buy them. Because we have, we seem to have a reputation for a beautiful, strong, quality truffle. It's the aroma. And they mm-hmm. say that, yeah, aroma, they're so aromatic. Even when you deliver them in a sealed bag and a polystyrene foam with ice brick and tape around to make sure it arrives in peak, because we usually deliver the same day of picking. Yep. And uh, you can smell it coming out of the box. Of course, yeah. It is so strong. 
and uh, we seem to. It's really we pick beautiful truffles. Yeah, they, they do vary area yeah. to area. Yeah, no doubt about that. For sure. We yeah. had a wholesaler uh, come down here, and they said, "Oh, you might be interested. We've got truffle here from Western Australia, Tasmania, um, ACT, so and Victoria, Victoria." And uh, <clears throat> it was interesting. Just check now, mind you. Just taking them randomly like that is one thing, but at the same time, this wholesaler reckons our fragrance was more intense. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, and it doesn't seem to vary to, uh, regardless of size. Yeah, okay. Even the large yeah. ones. Yeah, Mind yeah. you, if you do get rot, you've got to cut that imperfection yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Or if you damage it, you cut that out. <clears throat> but Look, apart from that, um, we don't no. sell those ones though. We use no. those in house. No. But it's very, very, um, very little that's um, cut out. But rot, rot is a problem with uh, with truffiers around Australia, depending on when you find them, whether they're overripe, too much rain, etc., etc. Yeah, that's a that's a great find. See that cluster of about yeah, ten yeah. there, just in one spot. That's that's yeah. like striking, you know, black diamonds, or buried treasure. That's the big one. You know, you're asking about excavating yep. it. But uh, did you did you find that one while you were doing a hunt with the public, or was it just on a normal no, day? No, no. You can see that tiny little bit. I can't show the indicator on here; it won't show up. You see the tiny little clear bit on the top of that? Yeah. That's all I could see. That's why I thought, oh, it's probably the size of a tennis ball, maybe. Wow! What a monster! Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The, uh, we do we do dig them up on a truffle hunt, but they, that takes time. You know, you don't just dig and pull it straight out. Yeah, of course. I think some people might do this, by the way, but we don't. We certainly don't. They're too don't. expensive. They're just too expensive. Just have people digging around. You know, and if you break, if you break it or damage it. Yeah, but we yeah. do dig one up when we have the truffle hunt. Yeah. Ted selects, goes around and selects because mm. we only dig up when they're ready to be. Obviously, we yeah. don't go around digging everything up and then grading mm, it. No, you dig that's right. when they're uh, mm. at their peak. Yeah, I mean some truffy is. They have kids coming in, in groups, no? we don't even have kids, we love kids, but you know, you can't afford to have them coming in, mm. you know, because they're inquisitive and, uh, yeah. Well, they're distracting to other guests too, we find. We, uh, we even uh, cordon off the areas so that people can't get within closer than about two metres mm. of the trees because the troubles can be anywhere. Yeah, and as you said as well, it's important, you know, you've you got to put booties on in there. Yeah. Um, make sure you exactly. don't put any exactly. scents in there that'll affect the dogs and stuff as well. No, yeah. We, yeah, but we don't want them walking on the areas. Yeah. On truffles, we may not have found. Yeah, yeah exactly. But even people that have a cigarette before they go out the truffy air, you can smell. Oh, yeah. So we try to even discourage people There's smoking. There's no smoking. smoking. Mm. Uh, not that we get that many, but it's quite amazing how that seems to stick around them and... Yeah, there's no smoking in there, but... Yeah. yeah. Do you tell them about that, Ben? Was it? Oh, this was when we went to Italy, and uh, this was the White Truffle Festival, and it was just marvellous. They have they have so much pageantry and history, and uh, the whole, all the shops were selling the white truffle, but they also had the black as well. But part of the festival also was they have a medieval pageant, mm -hmm. and every sector of Alba competes and they only have 15 minutes to recreate something that happened in in history and the costumes I mean one group built a castle and I'm saying it was a huge castle 
They had the people inside the castle, they had the horses charging and and it was just and that was in fifteen minutes. And then as they're clearing, the next group comes on. And then this was another part of it. After the pageantry, they had the donkey races. <laughs> and uh, we were rolling on the floor. It was so funny because the donkeys had never been ridden before. The riders didn't know which donkeys they were getting, so there was no favoritism. Some of them knew what they were doing and went that way. Others just turned around and went in the opposite direction. And Some were going backwards. Oh, oh and they, the riders were getting off and getting their shoulders under, trying to push them along and pulling them. <laughs> it's all part of, it the, so part of the fun and so festivity fun. Yep. that only the Europeans do, you know, because it's been going on for hundreds of years. Mm. They dress up in medieval costume. Oh, it goes on for a month, by the way, Melba. A whole month. But the first day... It's all that pageantry and, you know, competitions. From there on, they, yeah. they just was, celebrate. This was hard to take. Mm -hmm. We were in France with these meals. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, this is what it's all about, of course, yeah. the ultimate objective. This is one of my, the tastings that I do, is the cheese with the truffle. Mm -hmm. I do three tastings with the uh, truffle hunt. There's the cheese, there's the infused boiled egg with the shaved truffle, and then I also do a potato leg soup with truffle butter, shaved truffle on the top, and that's a, a bowl of soup. And, uh, and that's the truffle ice cream that Ted makes. In that, that's that the only was, thing I make. Yep. That was the, uh, I'm that not was a cook. Served with fresh raspberries. But the truffle ice cream is. Are you a one. chef or? No, I used to I used to work in commercial kitchens for as as I grew up, but yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not a trained chef, no. Yeah, but. You can't cook. I can cook, yeah. You, you understand what it's yeah, about. Yeah, I know what it's about. I used <laughs> to work at a restaurant where we had um, truffle dinners and all oh, that sort really? of thing. And some of the, some of the interesting, this is back in Canberra, some of the interesting things were the mm -hmm. truffle desserts that the, that the chef would come up with, making mm. sort of truffle mousse with some burnt butter and things like that. Oh, Delicious. Yeah. <clears throat> we import these, um, the Italian slices, and this, this is a beautiful uh, walnut tray. With the shaver and the little the glass dome. That's really so nice. So that when you bring that to the table for your guests, we sell quite a few of those, but they're mm. very expensive. They're around about one hundred and seventy dollars, I think, for that. But you know, it's something that's unique and specialised. So we import those and wholesale those as well, retail and wholesale. That's the truffled eggs that I was talking about. We store the eggs with the truffle, mm -hmm. yeah. And then after three days, we just I hard boil them, so that then you've got the because of the shell being porous. The truffle infuses through the egg, which you probably know. And of course, then you we serve scrambled the egg, egg with the. Scrambled egg, the poached shaved, eggs, whatever you want. You've got the flavour. Have you ever done it, by the way? I have, yeah. Oh. I, I bought a truffle um, at the Canberra farmers markets last season. And it's amazing, like, I mean, probably only a. I don't know, it would have been a 30 grammar or something like that. Not, mm. not massive, but. Mm. Um, it's amazing how far you can stretch oh, it. Yeah. Where, oh, you know, you can. Oh. Overnight, you can mm. truffle some eggs and then mm -hmm. have them yeah. for breakfast the next morning, and yeah. then you know you can truffle. make a bit of salt or you can put some in a yeah. bit of oil, and and then mm. you can grate some over your pot. I just did mine with um, I bought some fresh pasta, um, got some really high quality butter and some yeah, I think butter. it was like yeah. really really aged um, par parmesan, and and mm -hmm. that was it, just pasta yeah, it with perfect, butter, parmesan, and, and truffle, and that's perfect. it. Yeah. yeah. Goes well yeah. with cheese. Camembert. Barb does camembert. And what's the camembert other Camembert or brie. Brie, yeah. yeah. And then I infuse it. I, I get the rounds, mm -hmm. cut it through, and then sandwich it. Yeah. So then you've got the truffle infused into the cheese, and then 
uh, are mm. in the truffle hunts, they get a really good tasting of truffle, which is, you would expect it. Yeah. When they come, that's the whole idea, oh. is to see it. And this is our PowerPoint presentation that we do. Yeah. Uh, Look, that was, that was rather from. quick. But, uh, well, it was quick, but... That's all right. Um, I think one of the, talking about the tastings, um, you know, truffle's something that can be an acquired taste, you know, and you mm. don't necessarily really like it on the first time you have mm. it. So it's it's good to, you know, once people do a, do a hunt, give them a few different tastes and a few different exactly. ways of, um, you know, preparing it and then they can yeah. grow, grow an appreciation for it exactly. if they haven't really mm. had much of it before. Mm. But I have, we haven't had anybody that's come and said they didn't, like the truffle no yeah it's quite amazing you know sometimes you mean here on the spot but we've never ever had anybody call back because i mean they're expensive yeah um we've never had anybody ring up saying yeah that was expensive and it was a non-event and uh (laughs) we weren't happy that's good we've never had that um last year we had a group came in it's a gourmet group and uh tonya and lucy they take people all over for different experiences and last year was the first time they'd come here for a truffle hunt and their group were all gourmet chefs and um, um, we didn't know who they were of course it was just a group that came and they were paying over three hundred dollars for the whole overnight you know different different things and one of the guys it turned out that he was quite senior in Cerebus and he had traveled the world because his job was to source ingredients for recipes and it was so flattering because he said, I have done truffle hunts all around the world. I've done them in France, I've done them in Tasmania, around Australia. And he said, your truffle hunt is by far the best I've ever attended. Mm. To get that kind of praise was just, you know, we thought, yeah. wow, you can't We're buy chuffed. that. We're yeah, it's great. You can't, you can't buy that. And I thought, mm. gee, he didn't have to say it. Mm. No, people don't come up and say that kind of thing unless they mm. really feel it mm. and we yeah, just couldn't believe right. that we thought because we do really turn ourselves inside out mm. because we feel it's so important for people to come and to go away happy and to have had a good experience and as I said we're not greedy they really get value for money and, and for I sure. think that's people go away happy then that's what it's all about where mm. they'll come back and they have people come and they say our friends came we wanted, we want to do it. They raved about it, and I think, well, at the end of the day, even though we're getting old, we didn't think we'd be doing it this year, because <laughs> Ted's going to be eighty this year, and I'm seventy-six. Wow. So you know, you look at age, and you think, oh, how much more can it's we only do a it? Number. But I tell you what, well, so about, already we're so excited. Oh. You know, I mean, the, the, it's it's gaining um, <clears throat> impetus or momentum yeah. now, and you're here today. We had a phone call uh, contact. Last week from Booking.com in Amsterdam, an Amsterdam office. No, this is head office yeah, in yeah. Amsterdam. Contacted Sydney, and they said we're so impressed with the web page. We want you, uh, and they picked out two photos from our web that they wanted to get. They're doing a TV commercial, but they're also promoting experiences, and they're going to feature our photos in the commercial. But then they're going to have a link from Booking.com to Yelverton Truffles. Now. What do I say? Yeah. You know, I'm sort of getting. This is a hobby. It's, it's only a ten yeah, weeks. It's only a ten week season for God's sake, yeah. and we've already got bookings. And I mean, out of the ten days already, two are fully booked because Stretch, Tonya, and uh, Lucy have booked because of last year. 
They wanted three days this year, and we said we can't do three. So they've got two days, so they're all fully booked. And so we've got another eight days, and we think, like I say, it's a hobby. We were in business for 28 years yeah. and uh, sold the business, got out of business. Yeah. Then we thought, oh, this is going to be great, you know. So we, we've done a lot of travelling, <clears throat> but at the same time, we had the trees in <clears throat> and we decided to go into truffles. And what was it? How come, why, where did the decision come from? How did it start? Why, well, we why were, truffles? We were in the aerospace industry before this, right? We were the leading supplier of. of um, materials to the airspace industry in Australia and then Ted sold the business and all of a sudden what yeah. am I going to do with my time and yeah, I thought Ted you need let's it. travel let's Besides travel travel another playback you need a hobby <laughs> she wanted something yeah, to keep me occupied yeah exactly <laughs> what am I going to do with you all day but I, I wasn't meant to be a part of this you know yeah but I, I looked at a lot of things so we've got 75 acres which is not a lot of land but it's very it's prime country here yeah really prime country and I thought, it'd be nice to do something concentrated. I'm not a farmer. Concentrated may be expensive because we've been handling high-value items yep. in the uh, aircraft and defence industry. I thought, I wonder what we can go to. We looked at saffron and wasabi and all these things, and discounted them for one reason or another. Uh, and, of course, chestnuts and walnuts and olives and no money in those. Then we came across uh, truffles. Oh, truffles, I've never seen them. I'd never tasted them, never smelled them. And I thought, gee, wow. Then I read about the romance and history of, of, of them all. And, and, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, oh, pop <laughs> Yeah, and you know, the more I went into it, the more I realized, gee, this, this could be interesting. Then I looked at the regions that were suitable, and this region in the Southern Highlands May, may have fitted the bill because of the uh, hot summers, cold winters, frosts, etc., etc. Good rainfalls and all that stuff. Mm. European climate. Right? Definitely fits yeah, the bill. Yeah, European yes. climate. Yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, well, let's put 320 trees in and see what happens. Four and a half years later, bingo. But mind you, we don't have the crappy soil they've got in uh, Europe. Yeah. I mean, what they grow them in oh, there is, it's rock. It's amazing. And it's just unbelievable. We've yeah. got magnificent red yeah. soil here, yeah. and it's fried. Well, they grow native there, but that's the way they've developed over the millennia. But uh, yeah, you look at the ground, the soil they're growing in. Gee whiz, mm. they don't get the productivity. Yeah, so this is the thing. They're not getting the productivity over there that, we're, that they should be getting. So consequently, they've got plantations in France and Spain and Italy, big time. Hundreds of thousands of trees. Hundreds of thousands. Wow. Big time. Um, so, yeah. yeah so. And do you see, I mean, in the four years that you've been producing truffles, yeah. have you seen sort of a growing, like as you say, you've got yeah. already bookings for next season and yeah. things. I feel like people are more educated about them. People want oh, to go absolutely. and have these experiences. Most exactly. definitely. But not only that, it's the, the, the productivity on the truffle year that's going up too. Mm. More trees are producing. First year, only one tree produced. Yeah, that was 2011. And next year, a bunch more trees, more trees, more. So each year, it's it's grown uh, tremendously. Yeah. Mm. You know, something well, like something like a, a quarter or you more. Maybe you've created a monster. Well, we, we have <laughs> unintentionally, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, it's yeah. oh, it's, it's created for us. It's just so exciting. It is. I love having all these beautiful people coming. 
and we have such a good time with them you know it's not just a case of them turning that oh here's some more money they all get a barbie hug and i introduce them around so it's a it's a very happy atmosphere people aren't just standing on their own i sort of try to bring them all together so it's more of a party atmosphere people talking and and of course there's a big roaring fire when they first arrive there's the big urn with tea coffee and biscuits so when they first arrive they can uh, make themselves comfortable and then they go into the shed for the PowerPoint presentation then they go across to the trophy come back to the tastings and it all happens in about two hours and then they can buy truffle after that if they want so you know it's sort of a really for us, it's such a, a beautiful experience. It's great. For us. Yeah. We love it's it. The type of people that come. Yeah. You know, we're talking a different caliber people that are interested. For sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, that's you must get a fair few chefs come through. We get a lot of chefs. Yeah. A yeah. lot of chefs. We do that. Work. Try to do that separately, though. Oh, okay. With the chefs where we, uh, yeah. they don't come private, on the hunt as such. Tours. We do yeah. private tours for the chefs. So that that way they can come and, and we can spend the time with them, which you can't do when you're doing a hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we make right. them more of a, a private day for them to come yeah. along. And um, yeah. Now, what is all this to do with recipes? Uh, we haven't made much of a contribution to the recipe book because we can't pass on recipes to you. Mm. You'd know more about that than we would. Yeah. You know, we rely on the uh, oh, peppers and all the other restaurants. And, yeah. yeah. So you you yeah. like talking about distribution. I mean, you guys provide truffles to a lot of local restaurants as well as some Certainly interstate local, up in Sydney. And a lot, a, Sydney. An increasing number in Sydney. South yeah. coast, north coast. Government house. Our yeah. government house. We've just been told. Yeah. But we'll yeah, be supplying government yeah. house with their truffles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is just that's very yeah. exciting. Most of it's outside of Sydney now. Yeah. But certainly all the top restaurants regionally. Yeah. yeah definitely. Because they like fresh. There's yeah. nothing like fresh. And local. I mean, not local. Yeah. They know what they're getting. Well, yeah. they'll ring so, up and we'll go and pick one that day and get it yeah. to them the same day. So yeah. what? What we can't contribute anything to your, your, the, your recipes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so, that's okay. We've got... Yeah. We've got you don't money. need that because uh, yeah. what we do is simple. There's nothing... It's. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So we, it would be not worth putting... But that isn't the point. What, that's right. We grow truffles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sherry, I know. Oh, I looked at Sherry's. She hasn't put in any recipes either, but it's a lovely write-up. Right? <laughs> lovely write-up you did in the book. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah, very nice, funny. and the lovely photos you've done of her. She's so beautiful. Have you um, have you thought about uh, selling truffles at the local farmers markets or anything like that, or have you done that? Yeah, We've we done have, that, we but done when that. our daughter and son-in-law could do it, because we have the truffles. Yeah. Hunts on the Saturday. Yeah. So we can't be in two places at once. Yeah, but they've done it and it's very successful. Mm. Yeah. In Barrow. Yes. Yeah. There's a barrel. Um, well, there's a, there's another one. They've just had a. They've just started a new one on Thursday afternoons in Mossvale. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe this yeah. coming season yeah. it'll be worth for you guys yeah. to I take some so. down there. <laughs> no. We're, Too busy. We've got more than we can cope with. Yeah, well, there you go. Do you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> we don't yeah. really... It's interesting. Don't, don't take it the wrong way. No. no, of course but, not. Um, it's not a bad problem to have. No. The, the, reputation <laughs> is, the reputation is there now. and it's Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. And, and we don't encourage people to come just knocking on the door either. It's, oh, no. We, no, have, we, don't. we don't let anybody know where we are. Yeah. Even the, the shopkeepers, people go and say, where are Yelvet and Truffles? They don't know where we are. Because yeah. we've never told them. And if they do, we say, do not send anybody down here because they, it comes by invitation. Yeah. 
And if people want to buy truffle, when we say, well, come on the after the truffle hunt, mm. because then we're set up. Because we don't want to be doing something because the, the week is preparing for each next truffle hunt. There's a lot of preparation work and that involved <coughs> in it. And our private times, our private times. I don't want to sound strange, but most other people would be saying, oh, we'll bend over backwards and chase up every avenue. Mm. And we could do that, but at the moment we're satisfied the way it's going. That's great. Yeah. No, it's that's going great. well. So we're happy. Yeah. yeah, for sure. If we sell everything we produce, we're happy. And leave something you can't sell what you can't dig out of the ground. Yeah. We, it's funny, people say, oh, I bet you do a lot of cooking with truffles. And I say, quite honestly, I'm so bloody tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's a case of opening up the fridge. What are we going to have? I mean, it's, it's, it's silly, isn't it? But okay. it takes well, a lot out of us. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into the podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ted and Barbara from Yelverton Truffles. If you want to find out more, you can visit their website, yelvertontruffles.com.au, or you can find them on Facebook at Yelverton Truffles. If you want to find out more about Quicksand Food, you can visit our website, quicksandfood.com, or you can find us on social media. We're at Quicksand Food on Instagram and on Facebook. If you want to download all the other episodes of the Quicksand Food Connection that runs in conjunction with the Southern Highlands Cookbook, you can do that on our website, which is quicksandfood.com. They're all available there for free. You can also purchase a copy of the Southern Highlands Cookbook there also. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and please tune in next time. 